everyone always has something to say relative to education. I think the fact that so many people have opinions and perspectives on the schools is wonderful. School districts are very complicated. I will tell you that assumptions get made and sometimes they're correct and many times they are not. And I want to help people understand. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leading Education Podcast with Jeff Rose. I'm Jason Pace, and I'm here with Jeff today on July 23rd, 2020. And wow, has a lot happened since we've done this, Jeff. Certainly has. In fact, I don't know if you remember the last podcast we did. Um, it was months and months ago, <laughs> and I think we called it Snow Day on Steroids. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah. We were interviewing uh, Brian Hightower from That's Cherokee correct. County School District, who's an incredible superintendent who's local to us. And this was, you know, just post sending students home. Right. Right. And so right. we were talking about how to make that decision on sending students home. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been amazing what's happened since then. If we could only go back to those days when the only call to make was whether to keep them home for one day or yeah, that's two. right. That's right. right. And so it's 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 amazing. In fact, we have not been doing podcasts for a variety of reasons. I've been working on um, our quote, you know, like everyone uses the word pivot uh, for our business model. We're excited to move forward. And now is the time to start talking again. In fact, the regular podcast is definitely part of our ongoing communication and business model. So we're definitely back. But this is the right time to be back because we've got some... Um, some things that I just, I have to, I'm dying talking about. I've been yeah. uh, really struggling just watching and I <laughs> right. just, I need to talk about it. So that's why it brings us here today. Well, and, and since that last podcast, so much has in, uh, grown in terms of, uh, of leading education, the organization that you've, that you started to, and, and now of course there's just, you're, you're busy. Right. Yeah. What, what do you see? What's happening out yeah, there? Yeah, we're busy, and but we're going to be busier. So right. you know, um, when the time is right, I'll get more detailed about what leading ed is going to become, and kind of our year two and how we're growing up. Yeah. And we learned a lot in year one, and it is uh, it's going to be fun. But uh, we hope to make a great impact. You know, Jeff, um, I'm I'm thinking right now of just how hard it was to come to a conclusion in my neighborhood about whether or not we should open the pool. And this is so much more complex. But today we're here to talk about what's happening right here, right now, and I know you're dying to jump into it. So let's just go ahead and do that. What, what are you seeing? What's happening out there right now? So we're, we're here because of decisions that are kind of having to be made, right? So think back a few months ago, we all made the assumption, myself included, that this was gonna be really hard to get through the spring. There's gonna be all these incredible challenges. Our heart broke for just what families went through, what kids, seniors in high school went through and having to miss important events and sports being canceled. So many things were impacted and that's just, that's just on the school front. Right. And the rest of the world has right. experienced incredible challenges. So, and now we just assumed we'd be back in school. Right. 
and what we're seeing happen right now due to a lot of reasons that we're going to talk about, um, these decisions that are just really difficult to make on to start school or not to start school and what model and so forth. And we're just, we're seeing changes every single day. Right. And, you know, so there's these trends on how or what is being considered relative to, you know, whether schools open. A few models are being discussed. Like there's this model on, okay, hey, we're coming back. Right. But you have an option not to come back. Right. If you want. <laughs> and then there's the, no, we're closing. Right. We're closing and we're moving to kind of online, which is remote learning or online learning. By the way, those are two different things. Right. Um, right. right. So either way, right, those are kind of the two major options. And, you know, there's a lot, of, there's a few hybrid models, which is interesting to watch. So there's some level of creativity. I think my challenge, and I'll discuss this as we go, is there's not a whole lot of creativity being used for a variety of political reasons. Right. And so, you know. Well, and Jeff, just to be clear, um, you know, sometimes we'll do a podcast and it really speaks to everybody, right? Do you want to, uh, do you want to focus in on a specific audience today? Who, who, who are you speaking to today? Who are, we, who are we trying to help? Well, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that this is the one time, and we're going to experience this for, I think, a long time to come, mm. that school districts are actually in a place where they all have the same problem to, mm -hmm. to different degrees and you know, with different data points. But everyone is struggling through a few things that are the exact same. Mm -hmm. Right. And by the way, that's impacting parents and kids and teachers and administrators. I put out this um, link for questions recently. I just put it out on Twitter. I said, if you have a question relative to school reopening due to COVID, let me know. Yeah. Because I would love to know what you think. Right. And, you know, within a couple hours, I had well over 70 people and they were either parents, teachers, administrators, other and I had a handful of students wow. send me a question or an opinion. Right. Um, so which this is was really, really for everybody. This is for everyone. Okay. So okay. I'm actually addressing the questions that they sent to me. Oh, this is Does fantastic. That make sense? Oh, totally. So this is not me and you riffing like we normally do. It's not. It, it's really. It's you've collected these questions and uh, we're we're just about to go through them. And just for anybody listening right now, Jeff, tell us about your background. We may have a brand new listener as of today, so we didn't even go into your background and 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 what's. Yeah, career-long educator from, you know, classroom to principal, right. superintendent of three different districts, very different kind of districts. My last district being here in uh, Fulton County, which is in Georgia. Uh, prior to that, I was in Oregon and superintendent of Beaverton and can right. be there. And so it's been about a year and a half now that I stepped down and I've started this thing called Leading Ed, which is a support model for educational leaders, superintendents, and their right. teams. Um, and so, but I'm still living here, right, in right. Fulton County, uh, which is a great place for us to be. And my right. kids are in high school. So, by the way, they're experiencing <laughs> this chaos. And yes, I and, and am, I'm thankful to the good Lord that I just don't have young children right now because I know some of the challenges being created for those families. And well, so, anyway. Uh, me too. So, I've got a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. And thankfully, you know, I don't feel like a huge amount of pressure to look over their shoulder as they confront and contemplate how to do remote school. I mean, as far as they were concerned, even a week ago, they both told me, hey, dad, I'm going back to school. Yep. That's my choice. I want to do that. I'm like, right on, man. I, I love that enthusiasm. And then, of course, things just change as they do. They so, change as they do. Absolutely. Jeff, how do we get here? 
Well, obviously, we didn't assume we would be here months ago, like I mentioned, right? right. And the reason that we're here is because things have not subsided um, in certain places in the country. And in certain places of the country, like where we live, we've seen an incredible spike, right? Right. And, you know, here's another reason that we're here. Um, we are in this political divide that's just um, hard to fathom, Right. You know, and it's it's actually extremely unfortunate. And I think I, I put out this message recently. I said, you know, the touted strengths of the United States have been revealed as weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? right? Our level of confidence and freedoms and belief that we should be able to make individual choices, there's, that's a good thing. In the meantime, it has made this really difficult to navigate, right? right? And uh, unfortunately, the, the sides um, have only gotten further from each other. And that's, by the way, impacting school district decisions it's impacting kids. And I find that to be extremely unfortunate. And we're gonna talk about that. Right. So my disclaimer before we jump into the questions that have been submitted by, you know, parents, teachers, administrators, um, etc., is that I'm not an expert. No one is an expert on this issue. Right. So there's no playbook on any of this, right? So even the places that describe this is what should be done, there's no should be because we don't know, right? Right. And so I, I try not to be that Monday morning quarterback, right? And I will do my best. It's really difficult to do to not be a Monday quarterback on some of the decisions that are being made. I'm just shedding some light and perspective based upon what I do know. And I've led through some tough stuff. I've yeah. never led through this. Right. Right? right, so I just I just want to keep that in mind. I have an opinion, and I'll be open and honest and very clear about what that opinion is. And by the way, whatever I say, other people are going to disagree because there's no good answer to any of it. Right, right, gotcha. And so these questions that were submitted, these are the ones that came back from Twitter, or you did a how did how did we get to these? Yeah, questions? I, I put out a link on Twitter and okay. LinkedIn, okay, and a variety of people just kind of jumped on and right. asked the questions right there on the forum, and gotcha. so. You know, this is on everybody's mind. This is what we're talking about all the time and news stations constantly. So um, I just I just uh, feel a need to provide some perspective as well as an opinion here and there. Right. And so we're going to start off kind of a high level, right? Just mm -hmm. talking about overall safety. So the first question was, and, and really what's on everybody's mind, is how can we protect students and staff? Yeah, and so here's, here's one dilemma. So what is safety, right? So that <laughs> right. is... A huge issue, right? So think of safety is really dependent upon a person's standard. Right. And so I find that to be one of our major challenges is what is safe? It really depends upon who you ask. So, you know, can we open up schools safely? Well, we've actually never been able to open up schools safely for right. a variety of reasons. Um, really, this really comes back down to where you live. I truly believe there are areas in this country, I know for a fact, there are areas in this country where they can open schools. Right. I work with several superintendents that are in places where they say, we have one case for X number of hundred miles here, right? Right. We are gonna be careful, we can go back with certain precautions and they can. Right. It just so happens to be like a lot of the big city environments with lots of population, they tend to have higher numbers. And by the way, they get more media attention relative to their decisions. Right. Right. So, you know, when can we go back safely? I don't know. Um, 
my wife and I don't even agree relative to what's safe and what's not safe, <laughs> right? And, and we live in the same house with the same children. So um, that that's really, really hard to answer only because of the different standards. Remember in 2018, Parkland, Florida, remember? Right. Uh, remember the shooting? Yep. Yeah. After that, you remember the kind of environment we were all waiting through on, is it safe to send kids to school? Right, exactly. That yeah. was the discussion we were having. Right. Right. And so... We're no longer having that discussion in the same way, but we were having it then. And some people were saying, I don't feel comfortable sending my students to school, regardless of what the data tells me. Right. So we're talking about children. So when people think about their children, right. the standard for safety goes high. Yes, it does. Right. And so, you know, what is safe is really, really hard. So it depends upon the area of the country and it depends upon the person's perspective and clearly, we do have some safety concerns because as a superintendent said to me recently, even though we may be able to open up, quote, safely, if one child were to become infected and under, right, right. being at school right. and something were to happen, how do I justify that? Right. Right. And so not to mention the liability and, not, and that's a high standard and liability and right, so forth. So right. it's a very precarious time. So I, I can't define safety. Right. Um, but I also will say I do think it's appropriate for some places to open under certain precautions. And I think we'll, we'll get to that based upon some of these questions I know that are coming. Once again, folks, these are submitted questions uh, to Jeff's all call on Twitter and LinkedIn. Jeff, the next big question that you got was, what's the rush? What, what's the rush to start school? Why would anyone feel it's safe? Yeah, and I think this comes down to our definition of safety. So um, let's also be clear, while there are places that can manage kids going back to school because their numbers are different, especially there are many smaller rural school districts that are struggling, but they can start school with certain precautions in a safe environment. But the fact is kids being at home is actually not safe either. Right. right? So right. I don't it, think the, most people understand that. Right. It's, I mean, there are a lot of people who think about the physical safety of kids and that is really, really important. But there's a lot of other um, consequences of kids being home in this kind of environment day after day it's impacting families it's impacting lots of things so number one we know for a fact kids learn best the majority of them learn best face to face so regardless of right. our substitute of what we're doing to write right now while we can't be face to face they are not learning as much right, right? it is impacting their overall growth so keep that in mind. Instructional practices can never be as good, as creative, as personalized. Parents are not equipped as teachers. <laughs> Would we agree? They're oh, just, totally, they're, yeah. They're, they're just not. So let's think about students in, in poverty. Yeah. So right now, our students in poverty, do, do you know there are millions of kids that don't even have connectivity? Right. So they just don't even have connectivity. So right. our strategy of supporting students kind of in this online environment when students can't even access it. Right. So they right. don't have 
any instruction. And by the way, potentially less supervision if their parents have to work. Right, right. Right, so, and the families who were already living in poverty, what's happened relative to the poverty line in this country over the last number of months? Of course. Right, so. And the level of stress and the level correct. of distress at home 100%. is off scale high. 100%. And we, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, do, do you think the loudest voices that are saying, uh, we should go back, I don't understand this, are also the people who don't understand this factual point? No, I think they're, they're, they're the people actually who are really focused on their own children. Right. And sometimes the the people who are just thinking about the overall safety of their kids, because the physical safety is always going to trump the safety on, you know, social, emotional and some of the ongoing day to day challenges. But those things do take its toll. Yes, they do. And we are seeing tremendous areas of depression and anxiety increase. And we were already at a dangerous place in this country. Right. So having kids home isn't safe, not just for them. I also don't think it's very healthy for families to be in the same house (laughs) 24 seven anyway. I think we're social creatures and I don't think we were designed for that. But once again, that's just my opinion. (laughs) Right. Um, so social emotional issues. Think about students with special needs. Right. So our students of special needs who received a certain different dose of daily instruction and then what we're putting them behind the screen of a computer, assuming that they can adjust and adapt right. with the help of parents. This is not good for them either. Right. Right. So um, students who are academically behind. The fact is that, you know, while online learning has come a long way and by the way has huge potential i'm really excited to see what we do over the next several years because right. of our forced developing this quickly and hopefully of high quality but standing up quickly is going to be really difficult it's proven difficult oh, absolutely and the overall point is this the reason we need to get kids back as fast as we can safely right is because them being home is not safe either. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And I, I guess in my own in my own house, if I were to uh, take a representative poll of all kids, uh, my two are overwhelmingly in favor of going back to school. They do not like the current state of remote instruction. Um, and I was actually surprised to hear that from one of my kids, who I would have thought would be like, "Sure, I'll stay home." And that was not the case, right? Yeah. And, and so take your situation and stack on a couple of the challenges that I described. Right, exactly. Right. Um, if you were living in an impoverished house, mm-hmm. right? If there were no parents home during right. the day, right? If you didn't have interconnectivity, interconnec- right? Or if one of your children was, you know, had a severe learning disability, right? So what if you put those things, just take one of them. Right. Major difference, right? Or two parents that are now unemployed at home Correct. and frustrated and Correct. trying to figure out what's next. Correct. And then confronted with having to be right. a teacher. Right. Yeah. We need students to go back to school safely, but we also need them to go back because what's, be safe. Cu- what's current is not safe. <laughs> right. 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 So yes, a little once bit again, of a, a challenge. It, absolutely. Okay. Jeff, one of the questions that someone submitted actually kind of surprised me because it convicted me as well. And that is... Uh, why is America not concerned about the lives of the teachers? We make all this noise about what's going on with the students and how this is going to impact the students, but why does nobody seem to be as concerned about the teachers? Right, and so these questions, by the way, will remind the listener that these are these are lumps. So there's a number of questions about teachers yeah. submitted, okay. and I think it's it's uh, it's dead on. I mean, I think we are talking about kids, and that makes sense that we would. Um, and there is a challenge because if we put 
hundreds and thousands of students into the same building, which right. we would be doing by having right. school. This is not just exposing kids to the dangers, but also adults. And by the way, we also know that adults have many more pre-existing conditions that make this Absolutely. makes them more vulnerable. And we also know what research we have relative to the dangers of students in comparison to adults it is more dangerous for adults. Absolutely. Right? So we know this. So that's so, actually more dangerous for the teachers for us to go back to school, and yet... It is more dangerous. Right. That's exactly right. So there's a couple... Of, there's like two arguments here that probably need to be explored. Um, uh, the first one is very clear that teachers are at more risk than students. I mean, you nailed it. That is true. And because of precarious health situations that some of them have. And by the way, I want to say this disclaimer... When I say teachers, I mean everyone. Right. Right. So the office administrator, staff, everybody, everybody, everybody under the you, roof. You drive a bus. Right. Exactly. Right. You work in the cafeteria. Right. You're working in the hallways. If you're working in a school, that's what we're saying when we say teachers, right? right? Um, and then you know maybe the, here's the issue that we should start to consider is what choices are we giving teachers? Right. So this is one of the the major complaints coming out of teachers and teacher unions throughout the country is. Well, wait a minute. Are we? Is there even a choice? Do right. I do I get to decide based upon maybe my own health or right. the people that I live with or the people that I come home to? I mean, we're making decisions every day. Well, and it's equivalent to first responders and healthcare professionals. Now, the healthcare professionals don't have a choice but to show up. But I don't think teachers signed up for that. Right. So I think this is this is exactly the other side of this argument, right? So here's this question is, so an essential worker, essential worker status? Yeah. Who is an essential worker, right? So I know that has been defined recently. And obviously, when it comes to healthcare professionals, that makes more sense. Sure. However, grocery stores are open right now. True. Right? Because yeah. they have to be open. Right. 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 So there is an interesting argument being played of, wait a minute, are schools not a critical component are they not a pillar and therefore right. uh, an entity that just we need to do everything we can so the question is is a teacher is an educator a bus driver an essential worker right i mean that's an interesting they didn't sign up for that but right. by the way nobody signed up for any of this true including the person that works at the grocery store correct right and i can tell you that i am not saying i am in favor of saying to all teachers well i we don't we don't really care you're an essential worker come on back we'll see you here on this day i think we need to approach this with extreme sensitivity i have seen some really creative strategies being done right now throughout mm -hmm. the country on how they are pulling their teachers how they are creating certain assignments relative to comfort level relative to their health conditions so i do think we need to be very careful but i also think it deserves the the question of is a teacher, is an educator an essential worker? I think we should be able to have that conversation. Yeah. And I know that creates debate. I think it's the right debate because I do think schools are essential. Yeah, right. And so, you know, the bottom, the bottom line to this is that I think there needs to be systems to individualize as best as possible, right? I don't think that we need to treat all of our educators equally. We're very clear. We don't want to treat kids the same right. because they're different. Right. Right? We, right. we are taught to individualize instructional techniques based upon the needs of students. Why would we get to a place where you start to assume, let's treat all of our staff the same? Right. 
So I think there needs to be creative accommodations that really start to align teachers relative to their comfort level as well as their health conditions. But I also think we need to do everything we can to support our students in the meantime. Right. And and the staff that's out there that's being asked to do this, they've been under the same pressure that all of us have been under over the past four months. Not only that, they've been tasked with figuring out all of this new stuff. So it's not like they've had much of a break, is it? That is correct. I mean, so our educators, they are at home. And by the way, you're right. Many of them have family of themselves. Right. So they're sometimes teaching their own children and responsible for keeping the classroom going with a platform that maybe was never designed to deliver this kind of instruction in the first place or districts don't have a platform at all. Right, right. They're kind of like the healthcare workers out there who working extra shifts They've got their own confrontations that they have to deal with at home, such as the safety, exactly, like you said, the safety of their own families. Um, And yet, they've got to press on, and they've been tasked with figuring out all these different divergent potential uh, conditions or scenarios that may play out in terms of what we're going to be doing, right? So, again, up until a couple of weeks ago, all the teachers in Fulton County assumed that a certain percentage of kids were going to show up and a certain percentage were going to be doing online, and that was their mindset, and then all of a sudden everything changes. Right, and we're seeing this this challenge across the country happening, um, and what happens is school districts are actually leaning hard into infrastructure, have been working on it all summer long, and then are changing plans right at the last minute because they have to. And sometimes um, they are making a decision on their own and sometimes they're being asked to make it. Right. And so they have put money and time and everything it takes to actually uphold a year, especially during a complex fall, and then all of a sudden it changes. I was on a call recently with a superintendent during a school board meeting. They're presenting their plan Three months they had been working on it. They were ready to create this environment. And by the way, their plan was really creative and impressive. During the meeting, someone said, we need to get on the television because the governor has an announcement. Oh my, yeah. The governor's announcement changed their plans within the minute. They had to cancel the meeting and go back to the drawing board and all of that work was scrapped. Oh, wow. Right. This is how quickly things are changing. Right. And it creates complexity for the teachers, but also for the entire community. It's, it's uh, troublesome. How do we consider the needs of teachers and staff that we expect to report to work who have children of their own that are not being asked to come back to school? Meaning they've got to go to school to teach other kids, but their kids are going to be staying home. Correct. Right. And so this is a actually a huge dilemma also happening. So for this for the school districts that are that are opening, and many of them are, a lot of attention is being those that are not opening, but there are still going to be many that do. Um, however, that doesn't mean that the the school district for which the maybe the 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 teacher lives in is going to be open. Or sometimes the school district is being closed. So kids are staying home, but the teachers are asking to report to the building to deliver the online instruction from the building. So that's also a common model. So the question here is really about, what about the, these, these educators, bus drivers that are, whatever that may be, and yet they have kids at home, right? right? Which puts them in the in a very similar category of the other essential workers, right? right. So, of course. Um, however, put this in, keep this in mind, three months ago, 
few people were actually going into work. People are starting to go back to work, right? right? Look at traffic patterns. We're seeing people start to go back to work. Right. What do we do with these children of educators? Right. Right. And so I, I think it's a, it's a real, uh, it's a real good question because I think sometimes these things are the last thing to be thought about. And I will tell you this: that if we're going to label our people as essential workers, which is what we would be doing by asking them to come back, right? Period. That's Absolutely. that's what, that's how we're labeling them, right? Right. Then we need to figure out how to take care of their kids too. Right. And this is a purely an opinion. Right, and so whether that is there is an option to bring kids into school in a supervised way, whether we see churches and businesses step up to say we will actually find a way to create so safety and security for kids while educators go back to work because they are essential workers, there needs to be a way that we take care of these families as opposed to assume they can take care of it on their own. Right, I think that we we we. Teachers deserve at the very least that. And so just like we're trying to be creative about other things, we better be creative around how we take care of our educators at this point in time because their burden is significant. And it's going to be more so, especially over the next number of months. All right, let's talk about online instruction. This, is, this could last a while, Jeff. Um, but one question that came through is how do we manage online instruction for special needs students? So I think this, this remember we talked about safety before? Yeah. We were saying, so how do we, how do we provide safety for our students? Um, I think we need to start thinking about how we prioritize our kids. Yeah. And this, this, this sounds um, as though I'm putting, you know, certain labels on kids and boxes, but if ever there's a time that we need to do that and treat kids differently, it is now. Mm-hmm. I, I, there needs to be a strategy on how we take care of students with special needs. And I don't think we can make the assumption that they can manage even with the help of their parents um, in online environment. Um, I know school districts that are doing this already and they have said, they have cr- been planning for months and they have started to prioritize levels of students that they would bring back if they have to stay closed. So okay. for example, I know a school district and they have said, if we cannot open or if we have to only partially open, we're going to start to make sure that our students with special needs come back first. Right. Right. And being that we're not bringing all kids back, we'll have plenty of room right. to space them. Where yes. We'll have the staff to do right. it. The staff will be kind of one trained and volunteers, et cetera, people willing and comfortable being back with kids. And there are many of those. Right, right. There's a, I know a school district is also saying we're going to prioritize students of poverty because many students okay. of poverty do not have connectivity. Right. So it's almost silly to think, well, we'll just deliver online instruction to everyone, assuming that they have the same situation. So we will prioritize them. Some school districts, and there's a lot of research being put into this are prioritizing kindergartners, first, second, yes. and third graders, well, there's or a pri- even elementary yeah. school. Well, right? there's a private school in Atlanta where the upper grade levels are doing remote. They're not even coming back to school, but the lower elementary school levels are all back in session. Yeah, this they're is this is a common session. model, private and public, that they're saying, listen, we can bring back elementary students because we know that online learning will be different for them. Absolutely. We know that socialization at an early age is critical to their development. And by the way, if we do this in groups like this, we will use all of our facilities right. very strategically. So right. we will have, say, elementary students in the high school or middle schools to spread them out. Right. 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 And so 
Um, I think the online environment, while necessary in some places, I also see um, certain places prioritizing certain students relative to their needs, right. which I think if we're ever going to do that, we should be doing that right now. Right, right. As much as I want my kids to go back to school, I know they're going to be okay if they have to do a semester, another semester remote. I'm not worried about them, right? And I think I'm glad to hear because I didn't know. Like I, I'm almost afraid to ask, like, why can't you just separate the students into groups of the ones most likely to be at the least level of risk and leave those kids, let those kids be remote, almost force it. Just say, look, you know, you've got a parent that stays at home. You, you know, you can, you can do this, right? Yeah. Versus yeah. the kids that are really going to get like, just literally fall off the radar if you don't get them back in the classroom. I'm glad to hear that that's happening. I just didn't know if that was a third rail of uh, the conversation in education right now, but apparently they're thinking of everything in terms of what, what they can do. It is happening. Jeff, since we have to wrap it up today, one of the things I'm sort of seeing in these questions is um, about the suppression of creativity. Like maybe there's this expectation that there's something we're not thinking of. Do you feel like creativity is being suppressed here in terms of the solutions that are coming forward? And if so, why? I'll start with my answer. The answer is yes. Oh, so okay. it's, uh, it's actually one of the things I'm, um, uh, I, I feel is just really unfortunate. So, and I, I'm not criticizing the school district or the leader. I'm going to talk about the conditions that are that are actually suppressing this creativity. So, mm-hmm. um, for you principals or central office leaders or superintendents, I'm not criticizing you um, because I know what it's like. This is what's frustrating to me: is I believe that we um, sometimes are using our schools and our kids as political pawns. I think that the politics have become so entrenched in the decision-making that we're actually not able to step back and think creatively about how do we create safety as it relates to bringing kids back and supporting them while they're away and at home. There are so many other options than just one, stay at home and let's have like our remote learning or come back and we'll make sure to wear masks. Yeah. Right, there, there are other options. There are other ways. Now, I mentioned scheduling. There are some really creative things being done right now with scheduling. So this is not the case everywhere, but are there certain places that are mired in, yeah, you're coming back to school or you're not. There are lots of in-between options, and unfortunately, they don't get enough attention. But we see creative scheduling being done where certain school districts are bringing kids back in shifts. Yeah. Right. We see uh, whether that be day by day or even within the context of the day. There are certain school districts that have developed a tiered system, as I've mentioned before. And they said, so we're not going to start all back, but we are going to start over a six week period, bringing kids back in this kind of cycle so that we can monitor and adjust along the way. Mm. There are certain school districts that have done practice days over the summer based upon these scenarios and using kids to help them. (laughs) Literally, they said, let's have kids come back and see what it's like because we keep making assumptions relative to the physical capacity we have or don't have. How about we actually see if they can do it and what that would look like. There are things being done. Unfortunately, places are so mired in what people are telling them to do based upon their fear for their kids, which makes sense, mm-hmm. but also what they believe politically. I'm right. on this side or I'm on this side, right. and therefore you should be doing this. And they find themselves just teetering 
on that and they make a decision based upon and it's a lose-lose. These are all losses. Every decision that gets made will have negative consequences. Yeah. Our goal is to try to find the best losses possible. Right. The least worst solution. (laughs) Just like, you know, making a a, a snow day decision. Right. But this is just much more complex. Right. And it can't just be one decision. It has to be a tiered level of decision making that gets made uh, in order to create something, you know, creative. And what I, uh, I find to be so sad, I see leaders just underwater. Yeah, and so how can you think and look into the horizon when you're underwater? Right, and um, I think anything we can do to back off and let really smart leaders come up with systems to support our children is what we should be doing and is happening throughout the country. It just so happens it doesn't always get the attention it deserves. Well, this may be a topic for another podcast, Jeff. But it, I, I, I predict this to be a series, and so um, I want the listener to know this. That right. This can't be the, we didn't solve anything today, right. and we're actually not <laughs> going to solve anything. Um, I do think that, one, we need to start looking uh, in this podcast at some creative things happening. Right. Um, I'm lining up some really impressive guests who can talk about what they're seeing throughout the country. Right. Um, I want people to be aware of what is possible, but I just want to make sure that we also rather than think about we should start school or we shouldn't start school, right? Right, and what is safe, let's just make sure that we sometimes have a little grace and listen and realize that there are not good choices right now. Right. We just have to find the best choice that's best for our people. And there will be some level of risk no matter what, and it's gonna be different in every school district. So the, for the president to come out and say, I want all schools to be open, Right, or have the Secretary of Education to do the same thing is actually really silly because we can't even do that city to city, nor should we. Right, right. right? Yeah. We need to allow creativity, but also school districts to determine what's safe for them, which is different based upon where you're standing. Right. Everyone, we got to wrap this up now. We are so grateful for your attention. Uh, spread this out to friends and family and educators and parents, anybody that you know that might benefit from this. As you heard Jeff say just a minute ago, this is going to be a series ongoing. I'm sure we're going to hear some very practical solutions as well as from some industry, not industry, but you know, experts, right, that, that Jeff is uh, certainly uh, connected to, and that'll be valuable for all of us. So Jeff, thanks a lot. It's good to be back in front of the microphone again with you. Yeah, it's great. All right, all right. We'll make it through this, folks. Everybody stay healthy, and we'll see you again next time. Listening to Leading Education with Jeff Rose, hosted by Jason Pace and Jeff Rose, and recorded at Serendipity Labs in Alpharetta, Georgia. We are produced and edited by Carson Pace. Our theme music is by Full Year of Panic. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next week.